0: That's trinityschool.org, Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life,
1: transform the world. The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR, no one's drinking a kakadu smoothie. I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Episode
2: 276, which debt should you pay off first?
0: Welcome to the frugal friends podcast where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity and live a richer life life. Here are your hosts jen and jill
2: Mm -mm -mm. Welcome to the frugal friends podcast. My name is
3: jen. My name is jill
2: and today we are talking about Systems logistics plans I don't know However you want to pay off your debt, the order in which you should pay off your debt, there are standards and then there are nuances where you can change it up. So we're going to go both into the standard advice and then also give you tips for customizing it because most of the time, what's best for you is going to be somewhere in the middle of the standard advice.
3: Yeah. We might know we want to tackle our debt. We want to pay it off. But then we start to look at our debt and say, well, okay, what's the strategy? How should I go right. about this? Like if the we the best strategy. If we have more than one debt, which many people do, you need to kind of think about how, in Mm -hmm. what order am I going to tackle this? What's, what's my game plan for 2023 and beyond? So we're here to talk about that. Sometimes we think too much
2: about it and are paralyzed from starting. And so hopefully it can also be on the other end of that spectrum helpful to say, Hey, it doesn't matter. This doesn't matter as much as everyone says it does. And you can change it up here.
3: Oh, speaking of debt, this episode is brought to us by Debt-Free Stories. But who's Debt-Free Stories? (gasps) Your Your Debt-Free Stories! Oh, I'm so excited to keep (laughs) announcing our new YouTube series is live and releasing weekly through February. That's February 2023. But you know, YouTube, those videos will stay up there even if you're listening beyond February 2023. (laughs) So you all have continually asked us for more debt-free story interviews, and we are delivering on that in this 10-episode series with listeners just like you who've paid off debt in various Ways and from a variety of backgrounds. We hope you'll find it as inspirational as we did. These were so fun and they're video recorded. So you can see us, see the person talking. Head to youtube.com/slash friends to catch our first episode ever. And be Woo! sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to get updated when every episode drops. Yes.
2: Can you tell we're like so over the moon about this? So we just at the time of this recording have have recorded the first few. And they are fantastic. They are the perfect mix of practical advice and inspirational story from listeners just like you from normal people. And I think that's what makes the story so special, is that these are not people who claim to be experts or who claim to do anything particularly exceptionally. They recognize, too, that I'm a normal person, and this is how I did it. And, and that, to me, is inspiring, the most inspiring. So I hope that they help you and inspire you as much as they have inspired
3: us. Recording them, yeah. I mean, yeah, they might consider themselves normal people, but they're all so amazing. I don't think I realized I don't, our listenership is, well, very cool. I mean, maybe very I'm a little cool. biased, but also <laughs> super wise, accomplished, talented, skilled again, variety of backgrounds, like types of jobs. It was Mm -hmm. like really eye-opening to see the like who all is tuning in to this podcast. And you all are some, you're the the cream of the crop out there. You are
2: fantastic people. So, and we have been honored that you have been willing to share your stories with us and we're honored to share them. So, definitely subscribe to Frugal Friends on YouTube and hit the notifications button to get all of the debt-free stories as they are released throughout the rest of the month in February.
3: And we're only going to keep doing it if it's a success. So if you like it, let us know that it's a success by subscribing and hitting the notification button, and then we'll keep doing it. We'll We'll do a second season. Yes.
2: So let's get into which debt you should pay off first. If you are interested in paying off your debt this year, then there are a few other episodes that we have. I would say there's probably at least a good 20, if not more episodes that where we just talk about the logistics of paying off debt and how to do it faster. Obviously, though the talking about the debt Strategy, the debt payoff strategy is a small portion of it. The bigger picture in paying off debt is the small things that you do every day. It's the choosing to stick to a meal plan and a grocery list, it's choosing to uh, say no to, you know, spending on things that you don't value or spending on maybe not spending on things you do value in order to get something you value more. So it's stuff like that. But it is really helpful to have these like overviews of basic debt payoff topics. And so Episode 171, we talk about should you focus on paying down debt right now, where we kind of compare it to other financial goals you could that paying off debt could be competing with. Uh, and then in episode 138, we talk about why paying off debt is important and attainable. So if it's not your primary goal, what are the circumstances in which it should be and why it's more attainable than you think? Maybe you're not setting it as your primary goal because you don't think it's possible. So we kind of debunked that myth in this in episode 138. But for 276, we're talking about debt payoff order, a hotly debated topic in personal
3: finance. There's so many things to debate, apparently. Yeah. I mean,
2: we don't have much to debate in personal finance because so much of it is very standard
3: advice. And so we choose <laughs> things like this, <laughs> this to debate. And should I or shouldn't I pay off my mortgage early? And right. boy, do people get heated.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, so first, we're going to cover in this first article um, from Investopedia, the debt avalanche versus the debt snowball. We're going to talk about the difference because these are the most... These are the standard ways to pay off debt in an accelerated way. So let's just cover them, get a foundation, talk about the pros and cons. And then in the next article, we're going to go to nuances on how you can customize it.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: What did you what do you think about the debt avalanche versus debt snowball debate? Where are you, Jill?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think I would lean more towards the logical side of things, attacking the interest more than the emotional side that might be more closely tethered with the debt snowball. I know you're about to explain the two, Jen, and so our listeners will understand more, but I think I would lean more towards the avalanche if I were to be going back and doing this all over again. But Lord willing, I won't be. Lord willing, this debt freedom will stick. Lord willing. All right, so yes,
2: I I will cover what they are and then Jill's gonna cover like pros and cons. So let's start with the debt Avalanche. I too enjoy the debt Avalanche. I but honestly, ultimately, I prefer a combination. And we'll get into that later. Oh. But so the debt avalanche, for those who are unfamiliar, it involves making minimum payments on all your outstanding, outstanding accounts, so all of your debts, and then using any remaining money that you've earmarked for debt to pay off the bill with the highest interest rate. So how you would do this is you would list all of your debts from uh, And the prioritization would go from highest interest rate to lowest interest rate. And this is assuming these are all fixed interest rate. If you have a variable, then that order obviously can change as the variable interest changes as it varies. But at a snap, at a moment in time, whatever the interest rate is, we're listing from highest, uh, also called APR, annual percentage rate, to lowest. Uh, so their example, they use a ten thousand dollar debt on a credit card at eighteen point nine nine. That's the first. Uh, the nine thousand car loan with a three percent interest rate, good for them. That's no, they don't have it listed out. So the next one would be their $15,000 student loan at four and a half, and then would be their $9,000 car loan at a 3% interest rate. So that that is their list of debts in order of, you know, we got like 19, four and
1: Percentage
2: rates. Percentage And that, is the, percentage rate. And that mm-hmm. is the order in which you would pay them off, not paying attention to the amount on the loan. Yeah. Does that cover it?
3: Yeah, I think that that could, yeah, you're you're pri- you're prioritizing which one has the highest interest rates, getting them out of the way is, so that you're not paying as much towards the interest. And that would be mm-hmm. the pro of this approach is that you're going to save hundreds, if not thousands, depending on how big of loans or debt you're in on Paying it off more quickly, throwing more money at that principal and less money just at the minimum payments, which is largely going to the interest. So the argument here is that you're going to pay less money in interest over time when you tackle it this way, rather than only focusing on the amount of each loan. The other thing that the article references, and I'll I'll get your take on this too, Jen, it didn't totally make sense to me, but they were referencing a pro of the debt avalanche method being that it can reduce the amount of time it takes to pay off the debt. But I don't see why that wouldn't be like just across the board. Like if you're going hard at debt payoff, you're just reducing the time across the board. I don't know why this method would reduce it more than another.
2: Yeah, because it lessens the amount of money you're paying. Theoretically, it lessens the amount of time because if you have the same money to pay off debt, if you're paying off the higher interest rate first and saving money, then theoretically you are saving time as well. But I've done. I've done various calculations with debt snowball versus debt avalanche and I mean 10 times out of 10 the debt avalanche does save you money for the amount of time for that money it's it's usually just maybe a month or two mm-hmm. honestly like mm-hmm. it's
3: not a lot okay Yeah. And they only referenced a few months as well. But I mean, when you get close to the end of debt payoff, the weeks and days mean something to you. So, (laughs) and then some of the cons to the debt avalanche that they reference is that it can take maybe a greater degree of discipline and commitment to make more than the minimum payments. One of the, one of the things that is referenced by both those who really rally for the snowball or the avalanche is. That sometimes your debts that are larger in amount and you're just chipping away at them, you don't have all of the emotional kind of motivation behind it to to be paying it off. And so it requires kind of this consistency rather than like a win here and there. So if that's you, then that might be viewed as a con. Uh, But And then it's also recognizing that it requires a consistent amount of discretionary income, meaning extra money to throw at this debt. I would argue that that's any debt payoff scenario <laughs> like it requires <laughs> yeah. you to set aside mm-hmm. more money to throw at it so that maybe that's just a con of debt payoff in general yeah i i
2: love the debt, debt avalanche and i don't think i don't think either method has as many like cons or pr- they're they're very they're being very generous on on what they're considering pros and cons but yeah If you want to optimize your, if you're a very math-oriented person and the numbers are really what motivate you, the debt avalanche system is going to motivate you more than the debt snowball because every dollar you pay off essentially counts for a little bit more money you have moving forward and honestly like so does the debt snowball. So it's just like a when we get into the nuances and sh- and really talk about how we can create a hybrid version of these, that's where I get really excited. but for what it's worth, face value, this is the debt avalanche. Next is the debt snowball, which involves listing your debts out from smallest amount first to largest amount. And I know some people will do it where they will, like in student loans, there are typically multiple loans within a student loan account. Um, Like I know I had probably two loans per year. Uh, So they will either count that as one or they will separate it out each one in their debt snowball. Again, up to you, whatever makes you feel good. So, but it's listing it out from smallest to largest and essentially tackling the easy jobs first. We tackle the smallest debt and then work up to the largest debt so that by the time you get to the largest debt, you have built so much momentum, so much self confidence that you are able to finish quickly, finish with the same momentum. And it is an, a great psychological, like, method for paying off debt because like what Jill said, paying off debt is just hard. It doesn't matter which method you're choosing. It is hard. So for their example, using the same debts as we used above, they would um, start with the $9,000 car loan because it is the smallest debt, even though it's the smallest interest rate, then go to the $10,000 credit card debt and then to the $15,000 student loan. Uh, So- they essentially are paying off. They're keeping that 19% APR credit card around for however long it takes to pay off the car loan. And that that may not sit well with a lot of people because these debts are so close together. So we're talking 9,000, 10,000, 15,000. I think where the debt snowball very much shines is when you've got you're nine, you're 10, you're 15, but you've also got a couple credit cards with maybe like a 1,000 here, 900 there, uh, stuff like that, because that really cleans out the debt, so to speak. So anybody who's decluttered or simplified knows that when you declutter, you just feel better. You feel better about things. To get out all the clutter of your finances is a very similar feeling. When you're staring down 10 different debts and you're able to clear out four, five, six of those with relative speed, then that can be super motivating. Just it feels very good. Uh, so, so that's where the debt snowball really shines mm-hmm. is in, in those situations.
3: One of the things that this article didn't seem to touch on but has been my understanding of the debt snowball is n- not just getting rid of your lowest amount debts first, but that there's this like compounding nature to the snowball. This has been my understanding with with this method is that you continue making minimum payments on all of your other debts while throwing extra as much as you can to the the lowest amount of debt uh, and maybe that's budgeted it doesn't have to be willy-nilly so let's say you know this is the certain amount you're able to put monthly towards that lowest amount debt then once that's tackled, you add that to the next debt the next lowest amount mm-hmm. debt and add that on to the minimum payment so that each time you're kind of increasing the amount of debt you're able to pay towards the next debt because it's what you're already used to having paid if that's making sense. And this article didn't reference that, but I feel like that's part of even like the imagery of the snowball is as it rolls in the snow, the snowball is getting bigger and bigger. You're, You're putting larger chunks of money towards the next debt, which is part of what makes it helpful to go at it in order of amounts because then by the time you get to the highest loan amount, you've got the most money to put towards it because you're kind of compounding the payments towards it.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you explained that, Jill, because it does give you, the snowball does give you the best visual representation of that in that method because the bigger the debt gets, the bigger the amount of money you have to put towards it. But the same thing happens in the avalanche. It's just that the amount of the debts may vary. On both methods, you are paying your minimum on every single debt. It's just in when you budget, and maybe you have you have five hundred dollars a month to put towards debt. When you add up all of your minimums, that. Adds up to $400. So it's where do I put this extra hundred? That is the, that's what these methods are really explaining there or helping you prioritize is where does that extra margin go? Mm -hmm. In the debt avalanche, that extra margin would go to the highest interest rate loan. And then once you pay that off and maybe your minimums, you're getting rid of a credit card. So your minimums now 350, now you have 150 of margin that 150 now goes to the second highest interest rate. With the snowball, your margin goes to the smallest amount, debt. When you pay that off, then... You have 350 for minimums, 150 in margin. That 150 goes to the second smallest debt. So you're doing the same thing in both methods. I think you get a little bit more of a visual gratification when you are doing the snowball, but it's happening in the avalanche Mm -hmm, as well.
3: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as pros and cons, I mean, we've said it already, but with the snowball, it's a lot more of that um, emotional side, the motivational side. When we can get these quick wins, it can help us to keep going, which I don't want to downplay. There, There is a big part to debt payoff that has to do with our mental, emotional, relational, mm-hmm. physical state. And so if seeing an accomplishment is going to be a big motivation, help keep you on track, then then the snowball is worth considering. Again, like Jen said, if you're a little bit more logical and it's the numbers game and that's what's going to speak to you and keep you on track, then then, then it might be the avalanche that you want to move towards. Certainly with the snowball, it can be easy to implement as well. I mean, but both of these are. Either one is taking a quick look at the numbers and deciding which way you want to tackle it. Uh, but then, of course, the con of the snowball is that you could incur more interest or, yeah, if, if it takes longer, if you end up paying a high interest loan later because it's a greater dollar amount, then obviously you're going to pay more in interest. And so in that regard, it could take longer to become debt free. But again, as we said, maybe months different from each other, not a large mm. amount of time in the grand scheme of things. And usually not thousands of dollars either. It's usually in the hundreds,
2: Mm -hmm. uh, which whatever keeps you motivated to pay off the debt faster, it's going to be a wash, honestly whether you, if the snowball keeps you motivated, and this comes into, they have a few questions to to help you decide at the end of this article. And one of them is, which is better? And the one that's better is the one that you're going to stick with. Because if the psychological accomplishment side is going to do more for you, then the debt avalanche or the uh, simplifying, minimizing the number of debts you have is going to help you more than and help you stick to it. That one is better for you. And there's absolutely nothing like inferior about it. Mm -hmm. It is worth paying a couple extra hundred dollars to stick with it and to finish it than to do it the quote unquote right way and not be able to stick with it as long. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the one that's better for you is the one you feel best about and honestly customizing it in the way that makes you feel even better about it.
3: Yeah, And then, of course, there's the additional questions of, well, what else should I be doing with my money? Is it better to pay off the debt or save or invest or fill in the blank? And we've answered that in a previous podcast episode, too, which... You can feel free to head back to episode 171. What should you focus on in in debt payoff? But just to cover that briefly, because it's also mentioned in this article, specifically, they're asking the question is it better to put money in savings or pay off debt? I think they're using the term savings interchangeably with investing. We know they're two different things. Mm -hmm. But of course, paying off debt versus just stashing money away. It, not making any level of interest, paying off debt's going to be far better. But if we're talking about investing that money or putting it into a high-yield savings account, you want to look at percentage rates of interest rates, right? What are you earning on that money versus what are you going to owe in interest? And so certainly it can be worthwhile to consider investing, especially investing for retirement, congruent to and alongside paying off debt, especially when our debt interest, the interest rate on the debt is lower than what we're earning on interest in those investment accounts. So certainly we're, again, it's going to be up to you as an individual for what feels good for you. But if you're an average income earner, you really are going to want to consider investing as early as possible. That's just our little, our little hot take. (laughs) <laughs> Not that hot yeah. of a take. I'm just, <laughs> make your make up your own mind. But, but yeah. then, of course, it's worth saying with savings, yes, have an emergency fund. So mm-hmm. in alongside ha- paying off debt, we do want to have some money stashed away for medical or other emergencies as they arise. So don't leave yourself high and dry. So a few things to consider there, retirement, emergency savings alongside debt payoff.
2: Yeah, especially with the example they've given in the article of the two of their loans are under 5%. We've got a 3% and a 4.5%, and that is really good. That is way less than what you'll get over time in the stock market if we're looking at like a 30-year horizon, Uh, whereas 18.99%, you would be, I mean, an expert pro to get that in the stock market over a 30-year time horizon. So like you're not gonna probably not gonna make that up by investing. So getting rid of that is a great idea, but it's not as important. I mean, the the 3% interest rate and the 4.5% interest rate, you don't have to be as on fire about. And we'll we'll talk about that in the next article. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hmm. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone
3: plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can
2: use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts.
3: To get this new customer offer and your new 3-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com/frugal. That's mintmobile.com/frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/frugal. upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial.
2: All right. So our next article is called Things to Consider When Prioritizing Which Debts to Pay Off First. Did you
3: learn anything new in this one, Jill? I don't. I can't say anything new stood out to me. You just know everything. It was affirming, I think. Yeah. I, I think we talk about this Well, a lot more recently in saying debt is neutral. Debt can be a tool and a resource. Mm -hmm. We are not of the mindset that debt is evil and it's going to ruin you and you're unwise to have ever gotten into debt. We're not going to say that. And so I think this is... Really helpful to recognize, okay, and especially for our debts that have very low interest rates on them, it's okay to ride out the length of that loan, especially if it means it gives us more wiggle room to be investing and saving mm-hmm. or in- investing for our future. Recognizing retirement hopefully can come for us, that we don't have to go hot and heavy at these loans that are only two to 3% interest. So, yeah, I'm going to talk more about that. But I think just affirming, it's always good to hear this more kind of radical middle approach when it comes to, hey, what should I be doing? What should I be prioritizing or considering when it comes to debt payoff? And when we eliminate the shame, I love that.
2: Yeah. So there are four different questions to ask or things to consider when you are trying to customize the debt avalanche or the debt snowball. So the first one is tax breaks. And I don't think I would put this as the first one, but they have. So (laughs) they state that tax breaks can come in the form of credits, reductions, or exemptions. Certain loans like mortgages and student loans do have tax deductions that allow you to reduce your taxable income, but this is slightly misleading. Mortgage interest can only be deducted if you are itemizing deductions, which most of our listeners are taking the standard deduction. So that's not really a thing. When you're thinking about paying off your mortgage, don't consider the tax implications or a tax break. When you are paying that off, it's it, if you're taking the standard deduction, like most people, uh, student loan interest on the other hand is deductible if you take the standard deduction. It's considered a income reduction, so you would reduce it just like if you were um, contributing to a health savings account or 401k. Those are things that are considered um, off the top income reductions that then will reduce your taxable income. So student loan interest, when it was occurring, was deductible. If you see any student loan interest, it will be deductible as as income. So, So that is a small thing to consider. And I would say mostly if you're on the teetering on the edge of an income bracket that's maybe more important or if you're in a highly taxed area, highly taxed income, maybe those are things you want to keep around, but if you are not, then it's really not something I would consider. That's mm-hmm. not the definitely not at the top of my list when making considerations on what debt to pay off.
3: And the second consideration that should have been the first consideration, and you've Mm -hmm. already heard us talk about it, interest rates. So here you go, here's like a really simple template. Prioritize anything in the double digits. (laughs) immediately that's yeah (laughs) of course reference back to whatever your preference is avalanche or or snowball we just love snow i guess those are intense no we don't illustrations though yeah avalanche or snowball both of them are anyhow (laughs) anything between five to nine percent is going to be secondary so the next thing that you want to be tackling And then they say anything under 5% is at your discretion. This is very low interest. And again, most likely your money is going to go further invested when the typical average return is 7% and, you know, yeah, average, anything under 5%, then yeah, take your time, live out the life of that loan if you want, again, at Mm -hmm. your discretion.
2: Yeah. And these are just standard. So again, these are just recommendations that we are making because of kind of psychology of, you know, the psychology of motivation, the psychology of simplicity, but also math. You know, like when we are sitting with loans in the double digits, that's eating up. Any return that we could get in this in the stock market. Uh, so that's really important, I think. And typically what we see is credit cards have lower balances anyway than like a car or a student loan. So it usually just ends up that they're at the top of the snowball and the top of the avalanche. Normally that's what you're gonna see. If for some reason you're not seeing that, I would definitely say prioritize. The double digits first. And traditional, like for the last 20 years wisdom is to, uh, if you're not going to pay off everything, just pay off everything over 5%. Because the minimum kind of you're going to get long-term in the stock market has shown to be about 7%. It's usually between 7% and 10% is what we usually plan to earn. And so anything under 5% is really at your discretion, but we're in an, a season where interest rates are so high that may not be feasible right now. It used to be very easy to get a car loan under 5%, like all car loans were under 5%. And now it is very difficult even if you have excellent credit. So that's why like we're saying anything 5 to 9% is secondary because you want to make sure you are maintaining your emergency fund so that you don't have a reason to go back into double-digit interest rate debt. And that you're also starting to incorporate some investing. Um, that you're there's still, if you were able to invest and maybe a new interest loan is keeping like trying to pay off that will keep you from investing, try to stay at the status quo of where you were and just secondarily try to incorporate that debt that's between five and 9%. But it's really up to you. That's just like a recommendation from your frugal
3: friends. (laughs) And this article.
2: Yeah. So next is to consider the remaining balance. And that would have been my second suggestion uh, is to consider the remaining balance Because, like we said before, there is a science to simplicity, and it will not just give you a sense of accomplishment and a sense of motivation. But there is an overwhelm that comes when our lives are cluttered, uh, scheduled to the brim, our transactions list is a mile long. Like there is an element of stress that comes with that, and it's the same with our debts. The the more debts you have and the higher the the amount, but even just the individual debts, causes more stress and anxiety. So if that is something that you are seeing, then definitely maybe starting with a snowball and then progressing to an avalanche might be what works for you. Alternatively, When we interviewed a couple for our debt-free stories uh, uh, series on YouTube, we found that they prioritized the higher minimum payments. So they didn't look at interest rate as much. Well, they did look at interest rate, but they didn't look at amount, but they did focus on, uh, I don't forget this if this is a couple or, or one of the other girls. I don't remember who did it actually, but they focused on the monthly payment and focused on the higher monthly payment so that they could get that out of their life quicker. So once they paid that off, then they had this huge amount to add to their margin. Mm-hmm. and And so that was, and that normally will probably end up being probably your largest interest rate. I'm not sure. I don't know where it would end up being, actually, but it was super motiva- motivating to free up that entire chunk yeah. of minimum payment every single time, mm-hmm. way more than it had just been a small like 20 or 50 dollar
3: addition to the margin. I think that's what you hear, too, when people say people make it a priority to pay off their mortgage. It's not just an interest rate decision. It's also that freedom of no longer having a mortgage, freeing up Mm -hmm. what is usually a big portion of where their monthly expenses are going, and so yeah. Similarly, if you've got a payment that is taking up a good chunk of your take-home pay, then you're going to experience a good deal of freedom when now you've got that 400 dollars not obligated to be paying yeah every month, and you can kind of put it where you want to, whether that's towards more debt or just living large, yeah.
2: No, this is definitely, I think, the interest rates and how you feel about the remaining balances,
3: those are the two biggest things Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, What's going to keep you 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 on course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you know about yourself already. The last one that they mention on here to be considering in determining prioritizing debts to pay off. This one's an interesting one to me. It's
2: probably also important. Probably also should have considered this one. (laughs) Yeah,
3: it says the consequences of default. Now, this is interesting to me because we're talking about paying off debt, not... Not paying debt. (laughs) So, like, considering the consequences of default is considering the consequences of you not paying the debt, which is not what we're talking about. We're talking about increasing payments towards debt and which one is most important. They're kind of referencing, like, if you didn't pay your mortgage after a little bit of time, you're going to get kicked out of your house. Or if you don't pay, child support, you could go to jail, but it's like, that's not what we're talking about. But uh, yeah. Okay. So look at which debts are important for you kind of maintaining some semblance of like being a contributing member of society and having a roof over your head. But obviously we're talking about paying off the debt, not ignoring Mm -hmm. the debt. So I don't, I don't actually know how important that is to be thinking about are on the line. If
2: you are going through a season or are, are working on getting a new job or getting a job, I think this is something to consider. If you are not looking at how should I spend the margin like to pay off debt faster if I'm just looking to stay stable and just pay debt, any on anything? Then then yes, this is a way to consider. But if you are if you are budgeting and your budget shows that you should have margin, um, extra margin to play with to pay off debt, then don't. This isn't where we should be looking. We should be looking mm-hmm. at interest rates and balances and kind of creating a plan based on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the the consequences of default, I think that's more so like a a budgeting technique and if money's really really tight, what are you going to prioritize? Yeah. Like you're going to pay your rent, and you're going to pay your bills and you're going to buy some food. Like that's where that's going to go. Yeah. I would
2: say definitely more of a budgeting technique than a debt payoff strategy consideration.
3: But you know what falls under all categories? always everywhere all of the time first
2: priority after the first part of the show the bill of the week
0: that's right it's time for the best minute of your entire week Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton.
1: This is the Bill of the Week. Hey, this is Nick, longtime
0: listener. I have listened to every single one of y'all's episodes. Thank you very much for what you do for our
2: community. Y'all are amazing. My Bill of the Week is the mental tax and exhaustion from being an introvert trying to network, listening to your most recent episode when I'm recording this, and hearing, just go out and do it. It's not that bad for introverts to network. Just throwing it out there as my bill. It is extremely taxing and exhausting. Just had to recently do
1: this at a couple work professional conferences, and it took days to recover. So thank you guys again for what you do, and God bless.
3: Nick. You've lived, listened to every single one of our episodes, every single single one? I mean, that's amazing. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying you're not telling the truth. <laughs> Jill hasn't even listened to all of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I don't even know if I was here for all of them. But also, oh. great point. What a great yes. bill that is also a great point about the mental task and exhaustion.
2: Yes. I had to come to terms with this as well. And if you don't know what he's talking about, Nick's talking about our episode with Mandy Woodruff Santos, where uh, she talks about increasing your income by getting better jobs, getting promotions, by becoming poachable, essentially. So, And the way you become, quote unquote, poachable is by networking and meeting new people that could quote unquote poach you and get you um, that could hire you for a better position or higher paying position, et cetera. And the idea of networking at like big networking events as an introvert, yes, I'm totally against it. I When I go to conferences, even the conferences where like I know people and feel comfortable are still quite overwhelming, but it's the places like... (laughs) So my friend joined um, like a softball league at her school and she got to know like teachers and other grades through that softball league and she did not enjoy the softball aspect. But it was a great way to meet people in her field that she would have otherwise not probably not gotten to know as well or doing small social gatherings if there are any small groups like professional group outings. Like my old job used to have a book club. And so not necessarily joining because I love books, though I do, but joining because it's a way to meet people on a smaller level, have a reason to talk, have something to talk about, stuff like that. So like not just thinking about social th- events and stuff at face value thinking like oh i don't i wouldn't enjoy doing that so why would i go but thinking about them as ways to network with people that are better than bigger actual networking events so for any introverts out there that are uh, scared of networking i see you i get you try these smaller social outings that maybe you would have otherwise not thought about but could be great for
3: networking because of their small size. If you out there listening are an introvert or an extrovert, You've got a bill for us, or if you've got a bone to pick with us about some networking <laughs> yes. advice we've given and how difficult it is for you, or if you know, you've just got a bill of some other sort. We're here for it. Frugalfriendspodcast.com/slash bill. Leave us your bill. We're here to provide all of the support after you've tried implementing on these tips and tricks. M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial.
1: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
3: And now it's time for the lightning round. The lightning round.
2: All right. In today's lightning round, we've been talking about debt payoff order and what the standards are how to customize it. And in this lightning round, we are going to talk about how we personally paid off our debt, like what was the strategy and how we decided to prioritize it. I remember mine vividly uh, because I remember when we started, I was told I needed to do the debt snowball. Uh, So I said, that is the way we will do it because that is the way we were told to do it. And why would you deviate from it? If you were told to do it that way, and I know nothing, and this person, you know, seemingly knows everything. So why would I listen to myself or? Right. And you're such a rule
3: follower, too. This was a different mm-hmm. me, Jill. It
1: was
2: a All different right. me. It's crazy the ways that you will compromise yourself when you are in fear mm. or overwhelmed. Overwhelmed.
3: Yeah. That so too.
2: that's, yeah, that's a good note. Um, And Travis, when I said this, was like, "Mm, I don't think that that is the smartest way to do it. And I was very reluctant to listen to him because I was like, "Mm, I don't trust you. I don't. I just married you. I don't trust you. I don't know you like that. And this person seems to be smarter than you. And I said, well, if I want to be married to this person for more than three months, I should compromise. This will be our first compromise. It'll be okay. And when I prove him wrong, it'll be even better. And so we decided, I paid off my car loan, which was actually the smallest loan before we got married. So it doesn't really count. But so we decided to start with my student loan, even though it was our largest loan, it was like 50 something, 50 grand. And it had little loans within it. About six of them, I think. And so we started with that because it was 6.5% interest and then went to Travis's student loans, which was about 24 grand because his were mostly uh, between 3 and 4%. They were all federal and they all had a different interest rate, which was interesting. Mine was grad student loans. So I guess that's why they were all the same. So we went pretty much avalanche. And within my student loan, we chose to go snowball within the, that like bigger student loan just to clear them out and to get that sense of satisfaction just because they were all the same interest rate, so it didn't matter. So we were like, well, we might as well do the snowball within it. And uh, lo and behold, we did pay off the debt. We got it paid off, and not going in the order I was told to go in turned out to be absolutely fine.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Didn't deter mm-hmm. us. Doing the snowball within the bigger student loan was super helpful, but nobody like struck us with lightning for doing the. It's because they didn't know where, where you were. Uh, that's probably true, <laughs> and I've I've given too much away on the show and. <laughs> If I were to try it again, who knows yeah. what would happen?
3: I took an approach that we didn't talk about yet called the whack-a-mole approach. Where Ooh, I love to hear this one. I love to hear a new approach. up and I was just trying to whack them and forget about them. It was a lot of ha, 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 ha. <laughs> You know, that. <laughs> I loved
2: the arm like movements that went <laughs> along with it, that just like the whack-a-mole. Yeah. Um, but if she had like two <laughs> whackers.
3: I love how much she was playing two games at the same remember, time. You remember, Jen. I don't know what it is. I I guess I, just, I don't have a great memory or I block out things that I perceive to be traumatizing. Uh, I, I couldn't. And I hold on to
0: trauma. I don't have I just
2: hold spec- on to it like a yeah, Right.
3: <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I don't know like the exact interest rates of each of the different loans. I I can remember how they happen. but if you've heard some of my story already, this is Jill, (laughs) then you know that Eric and I took out loans in the process of debt payment. It's a lesser known thing. And certainly if they knew where I was, they would have struck me with lightning far before they were trying to strike you, Jen.
0: That's it so was true. intentional.
3: I am protected yeah, by it. It was eyes wide open. It's like the you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your friend. The slowest yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jill, that's why we have so many friends. Yes. Yes. That's,
2: that's why that happens.
1: There's always
3: someone doing worse. So, mm-hmm. so, but eyes wide open, and I, I don't regret the decisions that we made. They, they were business decisions. They were future decisions that ended up setting us up to a point where I could. They again, pay off my grad school like cash flow my my grad degree, so that's all great and awesome. But it's like it it's kind of complicated for me to describe what I did because yes, I started paying off my student loans, but then in the midst of that, we took on a truck loan. We ended up paying off the truck loan before I was done with my student loans, so there. It was just a -a whack-a-mole approach. One one popped up. We knew it was popping up. It wasn't, you know, the illustration breaks down somewhere. But uh, that's how we tackled that one. Follow me for more tips. (laughs) Well, I mean, it also, it
2: aligns kind of like a few episodes ago when we had the Bill of the Week where Stephanie put $50 on her credit card to buy a course that would help her start the side hustle that has made her like, 1600 times the investment. Like sometimes you are in debt, sometimes you knowingly take on debt for the betterment of the season.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so there debt is neutral. And when you go into it and and this is what trips so many people up and I I feel so sad to see so many good people feel like idiots because they took out student loan debt. Like, because you took out debt, took out a loan to get an education Mm -hmm. when you were 18. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody would have given you a car loan for a Tesla at 18. Nobody would have given you a business loan at 18. There are so many loans that you would not have been approved for yet you were approved for a student loan and it is not the fault of of 18 year olds who are not educated in the nuances of finance there is no guilt and there is no shame in debt especially when that debt can help Mm -hmm. you better your life and so the the question is not whether is debt bad or good should you have debt should you not it's what is it doing for you now what it did for you then that was then what's it doing for you now and if if what it did for you then has helped you now we thank mm-hmm. the debt we say thank you debt thank you thank you loan and now if it's holding you back from moving forward we say bye goodbye debt we got to get rid of you so we can do other things moving forward. But ultimately there is no shame yeah. in actually having mm-hmm. the yeah. debt. And, and it's, it's just a sad like thing to see people
3: feel so mm-hmm. oppressed. I mean, I get it. it it's, it can feel very overwhelming but then that doesn't mm-hmm. need to move to inaction. It can help us to mm-hmm. identify. Well, then what's going to bring relief? What's going to bring peace to me? And yeah, thank you for the thing you bought me. Right, debt d- doesn't exist for no reason. Like, what did it buy you? How can you value that thing? And then say, I've got other plans for my money now. So we're gonna we're gonna get rid of you. Mm-hmm. And then identify what's going to f- be the most logical and mentally and emotionally helpful way for you to tackle that debt. So we hope that this has been helpful if you were kind of uncertain about the different methods, the avalanche, the snowball, what's best for you, how to even identify ways to tackle. But at the end of the day, if we could also summarize by saying just one foot in front of the other, maybe identify your approach, but it doesn't have to to be all at once. You could even potentially start in your debt payoff journey by identifying bills that you can lower, expenses you can get rid of, ways that you can save to prepare yourself to begin making extra payments. Just one foot in front of the other and we are here for you. A friggin' men. Thank you so much for
2: listening. We Love, love, love reading your kind reviews that in, you know, kind of remind us that. (laughs) our best episodes are not a hundred behind us that, you know, we're still providing value. And so we wanted to share this one from Sadie Marie. It says practical and relatable insights. Uh, And she says, I love this podcast. The hosts give practical and relatable insights and advice listening each week also keeps me motivated to keep my financial goals. Thanks for the great listen. Mm,
3: That's so kind, Sadie. So to the point, helpful, encouraging. Appreciate you.
2: Yes. Thank you, Sadie. And uh, thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. It helps potential new listeners know what our show is all about, because we're not always for everyone. I think some people look for a frugal living podcast and they're looking for just money saving tips. And then other people are looking for a podcast that's not hosted by women who chat and laugh together. And it's helpful to let people know what they're getting themselves into with a review from you. So if you like it, let them know.
3: And in the meantime, we'll see you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Sirianni. So, Jen, it's January. Yes. When this releases. We're recording it in December. I'm, cur- I'm currently at Podfest. Ooh. When this releases. Hey-o. No, not this okay. one.
2: I'm currently not.
3: So I right know I'm prepping for January. i got January in my mind. We talked about this when we went to Sam's Club together before my membership <laughs> expired. But um I love that final
2: trip to Sam's yes, Club we took and all the free samples we got.
3: I'm in the midst of well, I'm preparing for what I imagine will be a low spend January for multiple converging reasons of life circumstances, but we have talked about this <laughs> I am like <laughs> making now, right now in December, like some purchases to prepare myself for January to like not be spending much money at all. And not much of that has to do with the fact that it's the holidays just where renovations are and life circumstances. And so, like,
2: when you told me, so when you were like, I'm preparing for this, and you told me what you were calling it, I was like, what? (laughs) And then you explained it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, me, too. (laughs) And it has nothing to do with holiday spending. <laughs> Again, it is our renovations and where we are in life. Yeah, it's that, that final push of renovations,
3: this. but before we can uh-huh. see, like the, for, so for both of us doing these, getting these short term or midterm what is yours going to be? <laughs> You've been all over the place. Long-term? <laughs> More long-term or is it mid-term? Okay, term okay, okay, okay. Mine's a short-term rental. Yours is rental. We have a long-term renters rental. and That's mid-term. That's true. Yeah. We're, we're not able to yet rent it, but it's the final push before we can get it rented. And so it's a lot of money going out, but not that money coming in yet. And so I'm prepping <laughs> one of the things on my list to buy in December. To be prepared to, like, not spend money on, like, you know, the more, like, luxury, frivolous items is definitely a bottle of gin. Not gonna lie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I can't. I I mean, not I can't. I do not want to do (laughs) January without an ability to make myself a gin and tonic.
2: I respect that so much. You know what is going to sound even worse? I am, what, 25 weeks pregnant now. And when this airs, I will be, you know, 29 or something. I don't know. And I was at a White Elephant gift exchange, and I picked up this really nice bottle of bourbon. It was 17 And I was like, oh, my God, yes, I can save this for March. I'm so excited. And then somebody stole it from me. Ugh. And I was like, oh, man, I was going to save this. And I was so sad. So, like, I, I get it, but I would have also had to look at that bottle for three months so maybe it's for the best <laughs> what um, kind was it what's your go-to it was well it's not my go-to it was 1792 oh, that's true that's the brand oh, yeah okay okay um so yeah i too wasn't i at that moment i was like i don't think i when it was stolen from me i was like oh how am i gonna get through the last three months without that bottle of bourbon <laughs> i was i have such big plans for it come march 16th <laughs>
3: So I get yeah, it. You can and... see where our priorities are.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's us. Well, see you in March. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com.